Good morning. It's great to be with you. My subject this morning is handling darkness. I'm reading from Psalm 88. Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. I'm overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. I am confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Is your love declared in the grave? But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth I have suffered and been close to death. Darkness is my closest friend. The Psalms are full of prayers of people going through difficult times, but the majority of them contain a note of hope. However, there are two psalms in the Bible that don't seem to express any hope at all, and that's this psalm, Psalm 88, and also Psalm 39. The theme of Psalm 88 is darkness. It's mentioned in it three times, and in the original version, the Hebrew language version, um, it reads this, my closest friend, darkness. <laughs> you could ask the question, why are these two dismal psalms included in the Bible at all by God? Why does he let them in? I think there are at least five reasons we could say why. The first reason is that as Christians, we can experience times of darkness in our lives. The second is that God is a God of grace. The third reason is it shows us how we handle dark times. The fourth reason is that darkness is misleading. And lastly, darkness always gives way to light. And I'm sure you're looking forward to that last point. So the first thing is that darkness happens to Christians. Here's the thing. You see, you can be a born again, fully fledged, baptised in water, filled with the Holy Spirit, church going, Bible reading, prayer, uttering, Christian, doing, doing everything right, and still find yourself going through periods of darkness in your life. There are two kinds of darkness, outer and inner. Outer darkness are things that happen to us on the outside, things like bereavement, marriage breakdown, redundancy, going through long periods of time where you can't get a job, sickness. And then there's inner darkness, things like dismay, loss of hope, confinement, depression. At the moment, a lot of people are finding their outer circumstances very dark with the threat of redundancy. Others are experiencing internal turmoil, things like depression. In the church, you know, we're very good at pointing out all the many positive things that happen to us as Christians. I do think we tend to shy away from sharing the negative things sometimes. And this can be a problem, particularly if you're somebody new coming into the church and you may look at everything that we do and, and say, well, it's all just positive. It's all about the blessing and goodness of God. And um, if you come into the church and you, you're someone with problems and darkness, either outer or inner darkness, you could come to the con conclusion that, well, am I a substandard person? And, uh, you know, have I done something wrong? Uh, this is why darkness is over me. I've got these problems in my life. But actually, 
your conclusions there wouldn't be correct because do you know all people including Christians go through dark times let me quote to you from a movie the princess bride life is pain highness anyone who tries to tell you anything different is selling something <laughs> the great news is the bible doesn't try and sell us something it tells the truth and the truth is that all of us big or small whatever the color of our skin rich or small rich or poor sorry we all find ourselves going through times of darkness of difficulty in our life so that's the first point that this psalm points out the second thing is it shows us that God is a God of grace that is God understands our weaknesses but still stays with us he's kind he's compassionate and he's forgiving you see there's a number of things that the psalmist is not doing very well the first thing is his sarcastic interrogation of God he's kind of treating God almost as a potential criminal in the dark he says do you show your wonders to the dead God is your love declared in the grave he comes close to angrily saying answer me God <laughs> Some would call this an extreme version of impatience. Some would even say it's blasphemous. It probably is between the two, but certainly it lacks respect and he isn't controlling his heart. The other thing he does is exaggerates. In verse 15, he said, from my youth, I've been close to death and suffering. Most people see this as exaggeration. I think this is true to life. Don't you find that if you're going through a time of darkness and your, your head is full of anger, perhaps fear, despair. We tend to read our whole life through the lens of that painful moment. We think, well, everything is bad. It's been bad, it is bad, and it jolly well probably will continue bad. We see things like that, don't we? This man is saying, you know, you've never been there for me, God. He accuses God. He's incredibly disrespectful, if not blasphemous. And you know, Psalm 39 isn't much better. It's about the same. In fact, at the end of Psalm 39, it says this, turn your face away from me so I can get a bit of peace, God, before I die. <laughs> How dismal is that? They both, these Psalms, end in abject despair and anger. A comment, a comment by a man called Derek Kidner, I think is helpful here. He writes this, he says, the very presence of these prayers in scripture is a witness to God's understanding. God knows how men speak when they are desperate. He's showing to us that he's a God of grace. He's saying, I am the God of this man, despite the fact that he's not getting everything right. And how encouraging is that for you and me? You may be listening to this, watching this today and thinking, well, do you know what? I've messed up before God and um, I've not got everything right. Well, isn't it good news for you and me today that he's a God of grace? He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. And he says to us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So take heart and trust in the Lord today and tell him where you're at and he will come alongside you. The third thing we see from this psalm is how we handle dark times. He's saying things, as the psalmist, he ought not to say. But do you know what? He's saying them to God. He's not walking out on God. 
You know, over the years, I've seen people come into church and they get established, but then trouble comes their way. And some of them walk away because I didn't think that was going to ever happen to me and take offence and leave. Whereas the Bible says the very thing that we need to do when we're going through trouble and darkness is stand our ground, stand our ground, stay there, keep praying, keep reading our Bible, keep fellowshipping with other Christians, keep doing the things we know we should do and avoid doing things that we know we shouldn't do. Hebrews 10 and verse 36 says this, you need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. But nobody's going to receive what God has promised if we've left. So we stand firm when trouble comes our way and God will bring you through. So the first point was all Christians go through darkness, but God is a God of grace and he shows us how we handle dark times by standing our ground, faithful to God. The fourth thing I want to share from this passage is that darkness is misleading. You see, the psalmist was feeling it was all bad and nothing was coming from this and nothing good was coming from this. But it's really not true. How can I say that? I can say that because the psalmist is identified. He's a man called Heman. That's not to be mixed up with Haman, the villain from the book of Esther. In 1 Chronicles chapter 6, we see this man is the leader of the Kothites clan. They were musicians and poets, and he wrote many of the Psalms in the Psalter. The Psalms are regarded world over as some of the greatest literary work ever penned, whether from religious or non-religious people, the greatest literary works ever penned. So that means this man wrote some of the greatest literary work in the history of the world and literally millions of people have been helped impacted and blessed by him and in fact if you read your bible on a semi-regular sort of basis the chances are you may well have been touched and blessed by this man but part of the process of making heman into a great literary artist was the fact that he went through severe suffering at some point in his life as expressed here in Psalm 88. He had no idea of the immense blessing and impact that he would have on the human race. Because when you're going through times of suffering, times of darkness, it's all bad. But the Bible said that's just not true. And in fact, your darkness, my darkness, is your and my ticket to greatness. Because God is not only going to do great things through us, because of what we endure in dark times, but he's also doing a great work in us, the Bible says. So, the last thing I want to share with you today, and this is what we've all been looking for, forward to, darkness always gives way to light. I said that there's no aspect of hope expressed in this psalm. There isn't on the surface, but dig a little bit deeper and it's pointing to someone very special. It's pointing to someone who can save us out of our darkness. See, at the end of Psalm 39, which we didn't read, but I'm just quoting you the end of that Psalm, it says this, God's face is, to, well, it says God's face is turned away. I'm not quoting, I'm just saying what it says. And at the end of Psalm 88, the last word is darkness. Now, does that 
ring any bells with you? Well, in Matthew 27 from verse 45, it reads this. From the sixth hour to the ninth hour, darkness over the earth. And Jesus cries out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you turned your face from me? Why have you forsaken me? He-man thought he was in inescapable, total darkness. He wasn't actually. Jesus was in total darkness. He took it on himself. The darkness that Heman thought he was having, Jesus took that darkness. Remember Heman's sarcastic question towards the end. Do the dead rise up and praise you? Let me tell you this. If Jesus is your Lord and your saviour, the answer to that question is one word only, yes. He will raise you up from your darkness if he's your Lord and saviour. The Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Well, God bless you and may this truth become real to your heart. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that at times when darkness is our closest companion, you remain close by our side, even though we may not feel that way. Thank you that you're a God of grace and you don't treat us as our sins and shortcomings deserve. Thank you that even though it feels that my pain will serve no good purpose at all, you are working your plan out in my life and are going to do great things in and through me. Thank you that you took upon yourself my pain and darkness so that I can know your peace and your light. Amen. God bless.